Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans. As we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome back to the View from the Gladys Street podcast on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. The Premier League season may be over, but the fan show is most definitely not. We will be here to the bitter end talking all things Everton. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and sat around the table with me this week, we have Conor O'Neill. You alright, Conor? How's things? Not too bad, Ian, yourself? Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, second guest is Rob Astle. How are you, Rob? You okay? Afternoon, mate. I'm great, thanks you. Um, very good. good. Certainly very good after yesterday, anyway. Sun shining, sky blue, yeah. sky blue skies. No parade. Yeah. <laughs> no parade. <laughs> That's the main thing, isn't it? Um, the agenda today consists of some Tottenham reaction. We'll also discuss the two forgotten men in Everton squad in Theo Walcott and Cenk Tosin. There was also non, uh, no John Joe Kenny in the side on Sunday. Is this the end for him? We'll discuss that. I will also lap up and laugh at our fans' reaction to Liverpool not winning the league. What more can you ask for from an Everton fan podcast? Um, let's get to it. Connor, Tottenham away. Uh, let's start with that. 2-2, two, 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 um, solid way to end the season. Finished eighth. Um, and more importantly, no Tottenham players got injured either. So <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what did you make of it? Um, kind did of. you even watch it? Did you, or were you watching City? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching City, to be honest. <laughs> um, I was following our game, yeah, but yeah. not in the way that I would normally follow an Everton game, I must admit. But I don't think I was the only one. And I I must admit, I know someone actually went to Spurs yesterday. And I don't think there was a lot of people in the ground who actually weren't even that interested. Yeah. I think most from what I can gather, most fans who went to Spurs yesterday just went to have a look at that new ground <laughs> before the game. <laughs> have a look inside and then spent 90 minutes refreshing the phone and yeah. following updates elsewhere. But now, I mean, in all seriousness, it was a good way to finish the season. I think you look at the, the players we have missing... I know people will say they have players missing and they perhaps weren't taken as serious as what you would imagine what's to come for them. But yeah, it was, you know, we went behind early on, got back ahead. Maybe disappointing not to see the, the game out when we go 2-1 up. But again, it was another positive step and, you know, hopefully now there's there's real signs of progression and we can we can keep what we've got built so far and, and improvement next year. But I think from a perspective of the season... I think now, you know, it's almost come to a, you know, it's like you're disappointed it has come to an end, but kind of half glad it has come to an end at, this, at the same time, if that makes sense. And I just think now it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what, what lies ahead in the summer because for so many reasons, it's such a big summer, you know, literally anything could happen. You know, it's no one, re- I think that the beauty of this summer almost is no one really knows what to expect from, you know, there's a lot of questions that need answering a lot of gaps that need filling and I think yesterday showed more than anything there's a lot of gaps that need filling you know you you know I know St. Tosin scored but you know if, if we're going into next season we're in potentially having to lead the line you'd be concerned and disappointed and probably questioning the the recruitment of Marcel Brands you know again there were certain other players playing yesterday you imagine might not have futures at the club so on a whole, it was a positive way to finish the season, but I think now, for me, more than anything, the real the real work really starts. Great, Rob. I mean, I'll be honest, I was like, Conor, I didn't see much of our match live. Um, on Sunday, I, I was following the City game, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it, but um, just just a word on, on the results, you know, to finish off the, the season, 2-2, solid performance, um, and, you know, you know, it's, it's a top four team who we haven't been beaten against again. Um, yeah, definitely. I've got to be more than happy with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just kind of echo what Connor said, really. Um, it was a it was a good performance. A little bit gutted we probably didn't see it out um, on the three minutes that I watched on Match of the Day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's another top four team who, you know, who struggled to beat us. Um, so we can only take that momentum into next season now. And again, just to kind of echo what Connor said there about the summer, it's massive and the key thing for me is is there's a span of a team there now what's kind of appeared over the past like 10 games they've got to remain at, at the club so you're talking Zuma 
Gomez at Jessica, you know, who are really playing well because you keep them together. You know, you're only going to need one or two additions in the summer then really where it's, you know, because you don't want a whole new team again because that's just going to, they're going to need time to bed in, etc. So, but yeah, it is a big summer coming up now. The work starts now. Um, transfer window open soon. So, but yeah, looking forward to it really. It's it's not, last summer obviously we, you know, this time last last year we'd just been dice off and everyone was a bit, we knew Marco Silva was coming in but we knew it was a massive rebuilding task what he had on his hands. But now, it's not necessarily rebuilding a rebuilding task. It's more of a keep going kind of keep going kind of task. Keep it going into next season. Let's start next season bright, as brightly as we finish this one. And who knows what could happen? We could really challenge that top six. So hopefully, um, just take you back to next season. Then I mean, obviously we got to look at the big picture. But if someone told you this time last year that we would start, we would finish the season in eighth without the trophy <laughs> after what happened under the Allardyce uh, rain. What 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 would your initial thoughts be? Um, you you you're gonna be disappointed without any trophy, aren't you? No matter what club you're at, you know. You, you, at the end of the day, you're given an automatic entry into three competitions. You've got the Premier League, which is well out, well out of our reach, and then you've got the the league, the League Cup, and the the FA Cup. You know, you want to give them as much respect as you can. Look at Watford. At the end of the day, they, you know, they showed the they showed the competition respect all the way through, and they're in a final. Whether they win or not, it's a different matter. So, but given what we have to put up with last year, in hindsight, yeah, you probably would take it. But it is it, they're the only black marks on silver for me this 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 year is the lack of cups that we've um, that we've got. I think the manner in which we've been and the manner and the, the yeah the manner the manner well. yeah the manner yeah the manner in which it, it all happened as well. So, but I saw a stat on a thing on Twitter, um, EFC Stato put up, and it was a cracking it was a cracking thing. It had 2017 2018 stats, and it had what we've done this year, and we're up on all of them. Mm. And if anyone's ever doubted Marco Silva and what he's trying to do, just take a look at them. And then next, if you said to me now, next, the same, ask me the same question: Would I have eighth and no trophy? Absolutely not. Just we've got the capabilities there to do some damage and get and get more. Do you agree with that, Connor? Yeah, but I agree, Rob. Though it's 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 going to be interesting what plays they kind of prioritise and, and keeping mm. at the club. I mean, for me, the Zuma sort of scenario situations being taken out of our hands a little bit, and probably Zuma's hands in the, the Chelsea transfer ban because. They probably now looking. I think well, we need to keep anyone we've got at the club because it could be a long two two years. I think two, it is. Two, 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 it's, is it two windows or two years? I think it's two years, isn't yeah, it? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Two years. yeah. So <laughs> they probably think we need to keep anyone we can, especially now with Eden Hazard supposedly telling them that he wants to leave the club. Um, a little bit of me thinks that Andre Gomez is slipping away, slowly but surely. I think. Do you think he had a bad game on papers yesterday? So someone actually put on Twitter, didn't he? Saying, "Is this Andre Gomez realised that he's not actually playing for Spurs? He's still playing for Everton." <laughs> <laughs> so, it was his first game back, wasn't it? After it was his first game back, and he came on and stuff so. like that. And um, I just think there's there's something there that makes me kind of think he's slipping away. I, I think you, you look at the difference between Marco Silva's pre-Burnley post-match Burnley press conference and his pre-Spurs one in the space of six days. And it was very much that the, his language and his tone had changed after Burnley. It was like he knows how we feel. You know, it was. It seemed very confident and very buoyant mm. at the fact that Gomez was going to stick around. On some, on before the Spurs game, it was very much we made our position clear. It it was a little bit defeatist, you know, almost of of our cards are on the table too, yeah, kind of thing. We, yeah. we we put our cards on the table, and he's not really come back and said yes or no yet, and. Because of that, we're maybe a little bit concerned, but it's still very early days, though, isn't it? It, it is still very early days, but I just think the rumours that have started almost either one half me hopes that it's just Barcelona feeding the press stuff over there in the hope that they'll get a bid and more going for mm. him so that they can maximise his potential almost and that they end up with three clubs all bidding for him so that they can, you know, recoup a higher sum than just having Everton on the table to get him off the books. But then another part of me thinks, you know, he's he's still quite young. He, he's he's, you know, evidently a very good footballer. Would the layer of Champions League football just be too much for him right now? And is he is he going to look at it and think, well, yeah, I could stick around with Everton, but we could still be three or four years off playing in the Champions League where I can just go to 
you know, we're Spurs right now. And I just, they're not just the Spurs though anymore, are they? They're in the Champions League. The Champions League. Yes. So it's, no. yeah. I asked this question last week and it was like, well, would you be going to the Spurs? The, the, you couldn't really. The, 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 there's a big thing, isn't there? Well, there's a, a few moves knocking around that Ericsson is on a, a wanted list by Real Madrid. So you would imagine that he could potentially go and well take Ericsson's place in the Spurs mm. starting lineup if that's the case. Um, so, yeah, it's. I just get the feeling he is slipping away a little bit. I think if he was wholeheartedly all in for staying in Everton, it would have come out a little bit more clear cut than what it is at the minute. And maybe, maybe Marcel Brands is looking at it as well, thinking, what the fig do the figures add up? You know, is he looking at it thinking actually we can get past the, 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 the figures of here of what were the wages, you know, the price. There's better players. We can go. We can get better options in here than, than this and go this route. And you know, I would like to hope that if Gomez doesn't commit, we have got something up our sleeve, and that we are not sitting here in six weeks, and we are now having like another Olivier Giroud moment where it's like we put all our eggs in the one basket, and then when Giroud basically cold shoulders at the last minute, spent all summer saying, "Oh well, we we were convinced we had Giroud coming in," and when once it, once he kind of said yeah, no, if like Lewis, you'd like to hope that lessons have been learned, and Marcel Brand is a lot more shrewd than what Steve Walsh and Ronald Koeman were. Sorry, sorry to turn into the host here, by the way, but Go I've got on. a question for the both the parties here. Come on. Would you feel a little bit aggrieved if Gomez didn't want to sign for us? At the end of the day, this lad's career was dead in the water at Barcelona. He talked, talked about his mental health issues and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he came here looking for a fresh start. He's come, he's performed really well. He's not only performed really well, but he's invested himself with the fans, etc. That'd be a bit of a kick in the teeth. It was like, listen, mate. I think give us, I, at least give us two years another two years do you know what I mean it's, it, I know what you're saying but I think in football these days they, that just doesn't exist no more does I know it? I, that kind of logic doesn't exist because for yeah. football now it, it's, it's all about the now isn't it I mean you, you look at managers you know for example Chris Hewton's been sacked this, more, this morning hasn't he mm. by Brighton you know there's people sitting there saying he's done an incredible job over four and a half years he should be given another season at least to try and turn it round and, but then the cold hearts that's how they won three Premier, they won three games in 23 so it's, it's the now isn't it what you're judged yeah. on and, and I think you know he's going sitting there thinking can I waste two more years of my career potentially trying to help Everton bridge a gap to the top four when I could just go and sign for mm. a ready made top four team I, I think you're spot, to kick on. you're spot on he, he doesn't always anything does he you know he's not you know um, I know a loyal Everton player for, from young and the, the issue that you've got if Tottenham are serious about signing him then the issue you've got is he will have played yesterday and I've seen one that stadium and just thought I could be playing in this week in, week out. Mm. Two, we know Tottenham been in the Champions League. Three, they could be Champions League winners. There's absolutely no reason why they couldn't go on and get to another semi-final, another final next year with him in the team. I just think, I don't think he owes us anything. Well, if he really. signs for Tottenham, I'll be booing him next season anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be disappointed, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, would be like I think it'd be, it'd be a real kick in the teeth, wouldn't it, to lose him to another Premier League club? Because we could be on the verge of losing two midfielders, two of our best midfielders. Mm. It's just a guy, and mm-hmm. obviously Gomez. I mean, you know, Gomez is nice, but my personal take on the Gomez situation is I think it's Barcelona putting there, yeah. putting... Hopefully. That's what I think it is. But, but, but you don't know, do you? Because, you, you know, like I say... Marcel Brands could be in negotiate, could have had negotiations, and they could be saying we want forty million, and Gomez wants you know, one hundred and eighty-five thousand yeah, pounds a week, and then all of a sudden, is he sitting there going to Marco Silver? Actually, I don't think this is actually worth a viable, yeah, financial way. Well, I think we're better going off going this way, which he could easily do. You know, he, he could easily, they could easily go that way because I think the the big thing what we've all said is you have got to trust Marcel Brands. Mm. So, you know, he is the expert in these situations. So if that's what they are thinking. Then you gotta you gotta back that judgment. Like I say, what we don't want is Gomez turns his back on us, and then we spend the summer saying, "Oh well, yeah, well, what happened was was that we basically we, we thought we had Gomez over the line, and then at the last minute, Spurs come in and boss put the price up, and it's just back to the same old Everton square one again. We, you, like you say, you need you need you hope and pray that lessons have been learned. This is a new kind of a new era in the way we approach things and operate in. in sort of off-field transfers yeah would you suggest that the longer it goes on without a sign and the less likely he will sign I think I think we brought this up on one of the previous podcasts about um, about Gomez uh, yeah the longer it goes on the less chance it, to be honest with you I mean when does the window open was it June the 1st no no it's actually in May oh is it in May yeah, yeah, yeah is it in May I yeah. I'm sure don't quote me on it but I'm, I'm sure it's like very soon yeah you know like what alright then you're probably looking 
when are they due back after it's what they'll be back due back in July at the first week in July if he's not in the team by then he, I I doubt that he'll be he'll be part of the, uh, yeah. the setup and then. you'd have to look at it like this if he if Tottenham are interested and he is holding holding out for Tottenham I mean they're not going to do any business until after the first of June are they really you wouldn't yeah. have thought so mm. I mean I know. Pochettino doesn't sit down and do negotiations, but you'd have to say. Well, Pochettino himself threw a bit of a span in the works, wasn't he? With his comments recently. What did he say? Where he said, did he say something along the lines of if he wins the Champions League with Spurs? He, oh, yeah, he's off, yeah. He, he'd be considering his future because it. I mean, I don't know if that was the raw emotion of the Ajax victory. Yeah. But it was a kind it's of. the best he'll ever get. It was basically a kind of, I'm ne- I'll never top what I'm going to achieve if we take the move in the Champions League. So I might consider. I'm and, wrong. And, and to be honest with you as well, given. Man United's current state. Current state. <laughs> I, I've said on Twitter many times, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer will be gone by Christmas. It could even be earlier than that. It, it, I'll be honest, I, and I'm just not going off tact, but he's looking to still be in a job now. Yeah, yeah, nailed yeah. on. Because yeah. that the, result yesterday because it was, was two, win, two wins in 12. Yeah. Mourinho got sacked for less. I know, but they're going to give him a chance, aren't they, to, to buy his own players and to, to get his own philosophy. But I'm not it, saying it's the right decision. I'm saying mm-hmm. they've they've invested... A three-year contract in him. Well, it comes back again. It's it's comes back to us with Marco Silva, doesn't it? You know, we have people in January saying questioning Marco Silva and, and his future. <clears throat> in all fairness, though, it was probably the majority of the United fans who wanted him after the run that he yeah. had. That's why that um, their chief exec he had the easiest decision ever to make, really, because mm. you know if it goes wrong, which it looks like it, you know it is. Obviously, time will tell. You can just say, "Well, you wanted him. I, I didn't. I didn't want him." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it'll be a... I, I just think with, with Gomez, you, you just can't help but think that the longer it, the longer it goes on and the longer it kind of drags out almost and becomes a saga, the more he is slipping away from our grasp. But you, mm. you would have preferred being in a position almost where, you know, the season finishes and it's pretty much nailed on he's going to come to us because you, you would have hoped that we'd be negotiating with them since December when it become clear how big of a player he was mm. going to be so I just think the longer it goes on and the more stories that come out the more it feels as though he's going to he's going to slip away Just one more on Gomez then Rob would you be be prepared to wait until the very last week or the very last day of the transfer window I mean I'm guessing that it, you know for, for his own sake it um, wouldn't go that far but I'm just thinking you know in terms of I mean the last summer we, we actually didn't get most of our players until quite late did we mm. now everyone's saying we were, we need to get them in early, but our, all of our better players were signed within that week. I, I, I think there's too many mitigating factors there to, to give a, a clear answer on it because it such can't, a politician, aren't you? It kind of all <laughs> it kind of all depends on what happens with the Jesse Gay. Because if we lose a Jesse Gay early doors, then you've got to go out and replace him. And so if you, if we do it at all the other business early, but things are, you know what we could probably maybe get this one and get get him in late. He still knows the club. It's not like he's a brand new player, is it? It's so yeah, there's. It depends on on what happens with the rest of the squad. If we start losing players left, right, and centre, and it's like oh, not replacing them, not not replacing them, then you're gonna you're gonna have to start moving. Well, on it's, it's losing you? the players you, you want to keep, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. It, you know if, if you know the first two weeks of the window, Morgan Schneider and Zen Tolson and Theo Walcott, two of them three had left the club and one was on the verge of leaving the club. He wouldn't be losing any sleep. People wouldn't mm. you know wouldn't even be remotely. Bothered, mm. I would imagine. But if it just a guy comes in and but, goes, I want to go, and, and you like, don't know as well, do you? I'm, I don't want to sound too downbeat and, and too negative, but whether you know, did did Everton say to us again and just in January, look, give us to the end of the season, mm. you know? Well, that's that's a question that's probably you, been you know, you know, give us to the end of the season, and then come the end of the season, if a Champions League club comes in for you at the right price, we'll shake hands, agree, and we'll let you go. If they have done that, they, they could have done that because we've seen that happen in the past. I mean, you know, you look at Ronaldo when he was at Man United, he wanted mm. to leave the season before he eventually did. Mm. And Alex Ferguson said, no, give me one more year. Win the, we'll win the league. And then next year, whoever comes in for you at the right price, I'll shake your hand and let you leave. And that's what they've done. Well, I hope that hasn't been said in all fairness. No, I don't. But I think you look back at, you look back at January and obviously the bids come in. Adrissa Garnagay was telling people he wanted to leave. He then missed the Huddersfield game with a was it a minor thigh strain mm-hmm. which then miraculously made a recovery as soon as the window <laughs> shut you don't know whether they've compromised and said look we can't sell you right now well he got, got his head down didn't he and played you know, but if you carry on playing in the summer if someone comes in it will let you go type thing um, I hope it's not myself but I wouldn't be surprised if that has been said yeah. because that is the kind of natural sort of tact what 
place kind of gets told. I mean, even yeah. you look at Spurs at Liverpool, he, got, he, got, he says that he got told that, didn't he, the year before? Lukaku. Lukaku, you know, yeah. they reckon that. So if that's the case, we are in a little bit of trouble because we could end up with Nozuma, Arisa Garagay basically saying, well, once PSG or whoever comes in for me with the right price, mm. I'm going because you told me that I can leave. Gomez could turn us back on us. So that's why I think it is a critical summer because if we do lose them players, you've got to replace them. You've got to have a plan. And you right now, this minute, you don't know what the plan is. What the plan is, do you? It's, it's really up in the air. But like you said, you've got to trust brands. You've yeah. got to trust them. Um, two players then, Rob, that had, um, that had made an impact in yesterday's game, Walcott and, and Tosin. Walcott, your, uh, your mate there. Um, he was asked about <laughs> his future after the, after the game and he just brushed off the uncertainty as, as just, just rumours, really. So do you think... You know, is he going to be a Cullison Park next season? Does he want to stay? Is he? Do you think he'll just think cut his losses and think I'll, you know, go back down south and get a a, a good deal? I've got um, a Cullison Park. I think. I think in regards to Walcott, let's just get one thing straight. He did his nearly, he did his best, and nearly missed that chance yesterday. By the way, <laughs> he's uh, got a great record against Tottenham. You know, yeah, he's oh, good yeah. in it. Always yeah. scores or yeah. at least contributes. Yeah. Um, so, I put I in my team selector before I put, I said he should play up front. Oh, anyway, well. um, that is by Ian Crowell is a video editor and not a manager. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, he's done you there. <laughs> um, I'd like to think he hasn't got a future at the club. But again, mitigating factors, he might have one because we don't know what's going to happen with on, on Yakuru. We don't know what's going to happen with Luckman. So that leaves Richarlison as then as the only viable right winger. So he might end up staying. If he does, he's got to accept it's minimal game time. You know, he's coming off the bench. I just think he's got to make more of an impact, hasn't he, really? That's it. it, it Where he how old, I mean, chance. How old is he now? 30, 31. 20, 29, 30. So, whatever, like yeah. He's never really set the world alight, has he? And it's it's like, how many chances does he does he want to make to make an impact? You know... He's still I, perceived as like an up-and-come talent, isn't he? Yeah. 30, 30, he is. 30, yeah, so... I'd, for me, he's got no future at the club. I'd sell him tomorrow. But again, it wouldn't shock me if he's still here next year. I think the one winger who isn't nailed on to leave is Adelon Malukman. Yeah. He's nailed on to leave. Yeah. yeah. I think I think he'll end up at Palace. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know where he'll end up, but I don't think he'll be at Everton next year. Yeah. His attitude, his attitude just hasn't seemed right, has it? No. I, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's a hard one, though, because I. I I spent a lot of this season kind want, of wanting them in the team wanting them in the team yeah. give him a chance because he, he come on and he show flashes as a substitute you think why can't we give him a chance and then he get that chance and he'd be absolutely terrible and he'd mm. do nothing for an hour and he'd get taken off for Walcott or whatever and I, I just think that you've got a manager there in Marco Silva who has literally openly said on numerous occasions since Christmas when asked why he isn't in the team He's turned around and said, oh, it's tactical reasons, but he is fit. But was Dominic Carver Lewin not terrible in the early stages of the season because he was in and out and chopping changing? But he least... was, but you never ever, he wasn't getting left off the team because of tactical reasons and he was fit, was he? That, 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 but he, it, he, wasn't, he wasn't good though, was he? No, but in my opinion, that's almost like Silver saying, his attitude's not right, he's not showing enough to warrant a police mm, in the team. Actually, it's, whilst, it's a diplomatic approach. Yeah, whilst Carver Lewin wasn't performing as such in, in terms of you know, getting goals and that. The application was there, but with Luckman, I remember he started Newcastle or Wofford, and he, you know, we had this buzz about him. Remember, talking, remember talking about him on the podcast, get him in the team. He, you know, he's got to be better than Walcott, and he hasn't done anything of note. Like he come on against Burnley last week, and I, I know he hit the bar, but his head's down all the time. He's not really doesn't look interested. He's, I, I think he's he's a player who's had a, a promise broken to him. I think. Well, I think he was mis mistreated by some other Yeah. In all honesty, I think you look at like, you know, Kuman brought him, he came in under Kuman, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, come on against City and was in and out. And then the whole Sam Allardyce saga just seemed to really derail his development because Allardyce come out didn't he and said he's going going nowhere. Um etc. And then a day later, with twelve to go in the window, we it was in the middle of the Leicester game, wasn't we, it? We, we, yeah, we, 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 we moved, let him go to Leipzig, which was the move Alza said he wasn't going to, if anything, he was going to go to Derby, wasn't he? Yeah. Going to Derby on loan. Mm. And then Alza came out and said, 
yeah, he wouldn't have gone there if, if it was my choice, but he was adamant he wanted to go there, so we basically bowed down to what he wanted. Yeah. So, and ever since then, it just seems all a little bit sour. And he's he's been on social media, hasn't he? And he's, he's been liking... He's been, like Liverpool stuff, didn't he, as well? Uh, he, he was like, he was like liking Leipzig stuff, wasn't he? And people saying, come back, and he was liking it and stuff. So I just don't... I just think there's never really been any sort of bond there, as he from. Mm. And I think, you know... Last summer we were all wanting him to stay because I think we all seen he's a real talent. And don't get me wrong, I think he could be one of them players who actually leaves the club and goes on to bigger and better, big, bigger and better things and comes with a real talent and a real hit somewhere. But that's the issue, though, isn't it? That's the issue. But I just don't see something. In but, it but I just don't think it's going to happen at Everton because this is not a fair manager who basically doesn't really give him a look in. So how long, you know, is Silver going to sit? You know, Silver could turn around to Marcel Brandon and quite literally say, "Well, I don't actually want him in my plan. He's not in my plans." And if that's the case then they'll probably be able to cash in because what's the point in keeping him? Mm. His contract's up in 2021. So you don't want him sitting there next year sort of saying, no, I'm going nowhere. Letting his contract run out because then he'll just go to wherever he wants. It's Right now, he's probably got the best resale value at the end of the day. Do you think? Even more so than it, what it, he could it, have it, it, well, it'll be better. It'll be better now than it would be next year. What were Leipzig asking for? Oh, sorry, what we, we want? We, we wanted. I heard we wanted ballpark thirty odd million. 30, but yeah, but they weren't. They wanted twenty. I think they went to twenty. 18, yeah, 20, yeah. They, but, but I think what what Rob's saying though about value, out of all them fringe players who we supposedly see as dead boards and people, you know, ones who mm. out the club, he's one of the realistic ones going to recoup us the most revenue, because you're not going to get massive figures for Tosson. You know, if Walcott does leave, you're not going to get 20 million for him. Schneiderlin, you're probably not going to get 20 million for. Then you've got like Nias, Davis. What about him? You know, <laughs> you're not going to get mega mega money for them. Mm. Um, although Tom Davis just signed a new, contract, new, though, new contract. So he obviously is in the plans. And then you got Jagielka, Mains, who are going to leave for freeze pretty much. So effectively, Luchman is the only prize that's it we've got. That you want to sell. You probably will to sell because the rest you could you yeah. could recoup something for you want to keep as much as you can. But I think why we why we will get money for Luckman, because if Palace sell Zahar, which is looking likely this summer, you know, that he's been Luckman's mm. been mooted as the idea replacement, you're not gonna to want to sell to a Premier League ri- rival in any shape or form. It'd be so, just like a swap deal for so, them too, wouldn't so it? Got, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it, you, so you're just gonna bump the price up for Palace. And that's why I do think you'll end up with Palace and I think we'll recoup you know, a fair amount on him, but, but yeah, he's, I mean, we've tailed off on, on left poor Theo out here, but like, <laughs> but yeah, it, I think though Theo might survive because of his like, because of this, yeah. because of this, yeah. he's, uh, do you know what though, you know the, the silly part about it is with Walcott, right, he has got the application on, he, he does come on and he, he's not like a, he's not a slacker, he's not, you've changed your tune, <laughs> but he, you never heard bad stories about him, do you, and he yeah, never, he never that's what I mean, he, like, you know, he's not controversial, he's not, He's not sulked. He's, he's a bit of a he's not, I can't believe I'm defending him like this here. But he's just not that good a footy. Did you but see it, what, what he said in his interview with Sky after the game? So he was doing the post-match. Oh, he only just saw the result, didn't yeah, he? he yeah, went, oh, yeah. just see Manchester City have won the league there. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I was one like, one of us. Theo's seen the reports in the paper and thought, I need to get back on. I need to get yeah. myself back on side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rob's player rating from a couple of weeks ago. Was that zero that you gave him? I won. I wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, we did bump I, it up to three or four. I mean... It's 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 it goes back, doesn't it? It's a real, real tough interest in summer because there's so many players there who you think, you know, you wouldn't, you know, if, if Tosson, you know, if, if we lost five players in the summer like Tosson, Luckman, Walcott, Schneidlin, you wouldn't blink. You know, you wouldn't blink, would you? You, yeah. you wouldn't sit there and go, oh, God, that's a dead dead blows. But at the same time, if we lost one of, you know, or just a guy and a gay. Never got Gomez over the line. Kitsumo couldn't come back because of Chelsea's problems. It's just the whole spine of your team, isn't it? You think, yeah, well, you know, this is another rebuilding job. This, and I think what what the the, the thing this this now is as well is that we're no longer the best of the rest kind of mentality because for so long, even though we had star men like Lukaku and you know Barclay and Stones, you still always thought, oh, we've got enough here to you know probably get seventh again. Yeah, you no. Know, it's going to affect us not getting over the line in terms of bridging the gaps to the top six or you know the top four as it was back then. But we'll have enough to still get seventh. Now you look at like Wolves who are in seventh at the minute, um, probably going to look to kick on again and improve and, and spend more money. Leicester, I think, will be really, will be up there next year. I think you know Rodgers has done 
to be fair to him, Rodgers done really well since he's gone in there. You know, he points on the board. They've got some really, really good players, some really good young players as well. If we if we see ourselves, then then you're looking at like a sense of us, you know, Palace. People are tipping Palace next year to kick on with the likes of Wan Bissaka, and if they can keep Bashwai. So Watford, obviously, as well, who, who lingers around seventh this year. So it's no longer a case of oh, it doesn't matter if we sell our prize. That's it, or we lose our best player because we still have enough to get seventh. If we lose our best players this summer, we don't replace them well enough. We could be we could be eleventh. I know, but if we, I just, it's all about expectation, and obviously the summer is is huge in what you know happens. But if, if we see ourselves just competing with the likes of those teams that you've just mentioned, what what's the point? Yeah, okay, fair enough. We're not going to get relegated. But, but what, what I'm saying is, always it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, you know, we could bridge the gap. To, we can take, we could overtake Man United in six, which I do believe we can because they are abysmal by their levels and their standards. Mm. They've set over the years. It's a, what, watching them play now is embarrassing from the levels that you know we all grew up in under watching them mm. play under Fergie um, so it's it, for as easy as to sit here and say oh yeah we could bridge them and you know if Arsenal get an injury to Aubameyang or Lacazette you know they've lost Ramsey are they going to invest that much over the summer you know we could potentially even you know bridge the gap to them in fifth it, it, it's, it's as easy to say that and then it's as easy to look at the other way that there's, there's going to be a batch of four teams Sat all there thinking. thinking the same. You no, know, yeah. all sat there thinking the same things. You know, Wolves be sat there thinking we get one or two in. We could be, could be, can get a Man United. Leicester the same. Leicester be thinking if we can keep hold of the squad we've got. As one or two, we can bridge the gap mm. ourselves. It's no longer just the top six us and the rest. Mm. You know, and I know what you're saying about our expectations, but this is the reality we're in now. This is the reality that we're in. You know, we're in a batch now of three or four clubs, not our own little almost one team league that used to be for so long no I, I agree and, what you're saying I just think we've had a great end to the season haven't we so this are, is this is what both. you would see as the real Everton at the moment but what I'm saying is though is that it's the real Everton with them players we've got in the team what what you don't want is the summer to come and we lose Gomez well obviously that, that's their issues and I think that's, that. what, that's why we need to have a plan and it's not just it's not you're being proactive rather than reactive in, the, in this transfer window you know let's get the business done and then we can sort the rest out quickly then on um, before we move on to the last section where we can just talk about the subplot of yesterday's <laughs> game and the title race um, the game that really matters the game that really matters yeah <laughs> exactly um, I mean it, it, he's already mentioned Tosin um, but he probably hasn't got a future at the club has he but he, he, he's clearly desperate to stay and prove himself Rob isn't he yeah. why has it not worked out for him because I'll be honest with you he, you know he's obviously scored goals in the Turkish league completely different level don't get me wrong but you know when you're international football and Turkey play, score a goal, you see who it is. It's, it's Tosin who Tosin. scored. Now, that goal against Tottenham on Sunday, he just about got over the line, so it wasn't like it was a worldie. But yep, all one of us could have scored. Well, you know, it's, it, it went in, didn't it? It went in. So, <laughs> I think, well, why hasn't it worked out? Or working out? <laughs> I think. You've wrote him off there, haven't you? <laughs> I, think if we had, I think if we had still had a manager of the Ilk of Allardyce in charge, where it's. Oh, we put it. Basic football. Is that all it is then? Just the, the style of play. Yeah, I think I think our game's too fast for him. He, he hasn't got pace with Calvert Lewin as Calvert Lewin can keep up with play. I remember they saying earlier on in the season about Tosin that like his work rate is phenomenal. Like he was holding the ball up quite well and things like that, but he, he fades in and out of games and I, I just don't think he fits this team anymore. And it's a shame. Yeah, and it's a shame because, again, like we just said, he seems like he seems like really invested in the club. And but if it's not working out and he's on high wages, you know, you 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 do what you do well to get rid of him. It's it it is. It's a shame. But we don't play to play. We don't play to his strengths. He needs the ball whipped into the box and in a first time, and he'll probably score you ten, fifteen a season. But we don't do that, and. That's why it's not working out for him. I, I understand what Rob's saying, but I just think he's not good enough. Yeah. I just think he's not. He just doesn't look good enough. He just doesn't look a Premier League footballer. I just think he looks sluggish and it's like he's just he's not made for the Premier League, if you know. Yeah, and, I know what you get. And I think, yeah. you know, even if we had Allardyce, I think he'd struggle with Allardyce because I think when you play up front in a Sam Allardyce team, you look at like the most effective players Allardyce has as forwards like Kevin Davis. Mm. Andy Carroll 
because, throw themselves because, around. Because you could play from by themselves, hold the ball up and draw fouls in and be horrible. Tosin can't do that. He mm. can't, you know. And I, I think, actually, in, you, you look back at January and it, it, it was quite clear in January, the club wanted them out. The, the club were listening to offers, weren't they? I think mm. Palace inquired and, and I think Paul Wheelock done a, a pod, didn't he, with a, a Turkish football expert and yeah. he basically said, oh, you know, he might be linked with all these clubs and they might be interested, but he wants to stay at Everton, he wants to prove himself. And so it's almost as if he, he, the club have been going soon with these offers saying, would you be interested in this one? And he's going, no. And you can just imagine like, you know, Marcel, Marcel Brand's eyeballs rolling as, as, he, <laughs> as, he, as, he, as he turns the fourth club down, you know. it's So I, I think it's been a case of they don't want him there. It's a bit like, well, we'd rather get him off the books as fast as we can. Yeah. But he sort of dug his heels in and said, no, no, I want to I wanna stay, I want to prove myself. And it's like, well, you've got nothing to prove because we don't think you're good enough anyway, so off you go. But it's it's one of them because you, you can't see Nias have much of a future. I think they'll get rid of him as fast as they can as well. And again, that just leaves Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top, Yeah. which, you know, you look at like, I read just in one paper that, you know, Fernando Lorente could be, is, is potentially being allowed to leave on a free in the summer by Spurs because he's not going to get his contract renewed. I'd be looking at him to come mm. in. Because I know people say, yeah, but will he score 30 goals a season? Yeah, we do need something like that. But we need additional forwards. We can't just keep going on with one or, or two. You need more You need more than that. You need additional forwards. You know, same with like Mitrovic Fulham. You know, people turn their nose, but Mitrovic, he scored more goals than Dominic Calvert-Lewin this season in the Premier League. He scored 11 in a team that's finished. He scored 11, yeah. Second second bottom. And for the, lar- the large part has been pretty mm-hmm. abysmal. I've seen a lot of people turn their nose up for him, to be honest. But, would he be a bad option off the bench or as a second as a second forward? Mm. I don't think he would. He'd be a lot best what we've got now. And that's almost, I think, where as Everton fans, we kind of cross ourselves because we sit here saying we need a forward. And then people throw names in, in, into the hat and people go, no, not him. Not, not him. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, if you look at it, you know, Mitrovic is more proven goal scorer in the Premier League than Dominic Calvert-Lewin is. And Zeng Tolson. And probably Umani Ask combined, if we're being honest. Yeah. So, you know, Lorente would be an asset as a as a, a big target man. I think you'd be happy with them as a second striker, though, rather than the, yeah, but the that, main. That's what I'm saying. You should be looking at bringing multiple. In my opinion, we should be looking at bringing multiple forwards in, not just sort of saying, "Oh yeah, we need to go on to like a Lukaku esque mm. thirty goal season," because that might not happen. Whereas if you get three forwards in, you could all score as know fifteen goals a season. That's forty-five goals. That's more than what we've accumulated mm. this year from our forwards. So that I think we, if you can't if you can't get the big source of a big name in or a, a sort of real you know leading centre forward, I think we should look at maybe bringing two or three, two in or maybe. three, and who could mm. potentially chip in with you know ten to fifteen goals a season, and they'll all push each other as well. It's not like there'll be competition then. It's like, but I want to get in the team, so the performance levels will probably go higher, improve, higher, yeah, improve over it. So because you know, it, it's let's be honest. It's not as simple as it is going, like, you know, just reports Griezmann's going to leave Atletico Madrid, for instance. And I'm not saying for one Ian, minute. We can't get Griezmann. We, we should be going for Griezmann <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Said the player in that ilk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but what, well, what I'm saying is... It, it's, you know what, if we get Griezmann in the summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not as simple as saying, oh, we're going to join the, 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 the list of clubs after 120, you know, it's not. And I just think if we if we can't get a sort of real... You know, figure punch striker, then bring them two or three in who could potentially score 15 mm. goals a season would, would benefit us because it would be a lot better than what we've got now. Yeah. Because we, we can't. Did we with, not try that with Walcott and Tosin? Well, because we brought Walcott as a wire player, didn't we? Aldi said he's a, he's a wire player. We, mm. need, we need some legs. And obviously, you no, know, at the time. But what I'm saying is, though, is like Delensky, Lorente, and Mitrovic are more proven in the Premier League than Tosin was. We were judging Tosin off the Champions League mm. with Bishiktas. So. What I'm saying is, that, like, Mitrovic scored 11 goals this year. I think he scored about 10 for Newcastle the year before, something like that. Lorente scored goals with, with Sigurdsson at Swansea. They had a really, really good partnership. Mm. Um, so, you know, they're more proven mm. in the Premier League than what we've got right now. And, and it'd probably be easier to bring them in than trying to pluck someone from Europe. Because, you know, now it's you, you, you look at the, the players who brought in, you pay top money for them. Because the European clubs look at the English clubs and think, oh, well, there we go again. You know, we'll put the price up because these English clubs are minted because they're getting 
billions and billions of pounds worth of revenue from TV, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's an interesting one. Let's see what I happens. mean. Or we could bring Sandro back. We let's hope so. Eh? See, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, read, I've, I've seen, read, seen read, a stats on that before. <laughs> yeah, he's had three starts in the Copa del Rey and twenty-four starts in La Liga, zero goals. He was a wide man, though, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Brought in as a wide man. <laughs> I, I, I must just quickly. I remember. Going to friendly, we played Seville yeah, at Goodison, and, and Classen played the ball down like in the Channel Two, and he latched onto it round the goalie and slotted at the park end. And I was sitting there thinking, "Did your eyes light up there? <laughs> no, he could be the one, couldn't he? What a pie he could be!" You know, sadly, what one unfolded was <laughs> from now. Um, Rob, quickly then on John Joe Kenny. I mean, the view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. Coleman's found a bit of form now. I mean, didn't even get in the, t- the team on um, Sunday because Coleman was injured. But Coleman's going to need someone to, if we're going to bring a right back in, to push push him like yeah. a lot more than ben John, John Joe does. Yeah. To the point where, I mean, would you say now it's a, it's a direct re- replacement for Coleman? Like um, you have done with Luca Dean? Um, I- I think Coleman still got. I mean, Baines has still got it though, hasn't he? After the oh, after the after the last ten games, Seamus Coleman's had. If he maintains that form again, what if it was Wan Bissaka? We're not going to get him, though, are we? No, but whatever it was, this is meant to be a positive podcast. It, it, well, it's 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 who's performing the best at the time, then, isn't it? Because you've got two you've got two right backs there who can both fill, who can both play, still to the best of the best of their ability. So it's a bit different in the left back situation because you know Leighton Baines, as good as he was, he is in decline, but managed the decline rather than just letting 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 him stick in the team. But if Seamus Coleman's performing like he has in the last ten games, and we bring in bring in a right back, it's competition for places. Then it's more you know they've got to keep be keeping keeping each other on the toes rather than just saying yeah well, this is your place now I'll just step in when I need to kind of thing. Which I think that's what what happened with Baines, but yeah, it spoke volumes that John Joe Kenny didn't even get in the team yesterday, despite um, Coleman's injury. Um, he played right back. Kurtzuma, Kurtzuma. You know, that says a lot, really, doesn't it? You know, if he can't get in, the, if he can't, if if a, if a natural right back can't get in the team, then I think the writing's on the wall. And though. he had no reason to play me in either, did he? It, was it, it, it wasn't really? like Juma yeah. missed out last week, yeah. and he wants to give him a game because it was just. You no know, potentially his farewell appearance. Mm. He, he could have stuck with Keenan and and Zuma mm. and left being on the bench and put Kenny in. There was no reason to, to, to really do that. It's a strange one. I, I mean, mm. you, you, I think Kenny was it Kenny starts against Leicester, didn't he? Was it New Year's Day? Has mm. been seen since. And he starts in the cup game a week later, and then has just sort of disappeared, hasn't he? After mm. face of the air since, and I think it was telling that he wasn't in the squad because I think you know Adam. Jones sort of described as a slap in the face for him mm. and I think it's, it was because yeah. if you are a right back and you sat there and a centre back playing not even a centre back who isn't could potentially you see as a right back he's just a centre back he's just a centre back yeah. playing there you, you think well you know what, what why you know because when I, fir- when I first saw the team I saw three centre halves I was like are we playing three what, back, five, I thought three we were playing Walcott right wing back which I thought oh it's just going to be a disaster <laughs> um, but no once, once they lined up you know it was it was it was the usual four at the back. So yeah, it it speaks volumes on it really. I, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he did leave. We have said though. We I think we said in the podcast a few weeks ago when we did the player ratings thing. You know, f- for his for all his endeavour, John Joe Kenny's probably just not that good enough, really. Mm. It's hard, isn't it? Because you want a local lad to succeed. Yeah, and and and, and he seems again. Uh, uh, now, word of the day, uh, you know that that, that application. You know, he doesn't shake out of things. He's mm. he's he's good in the tackle and stuff like that, but he's obviously just missing that yeah. little, that little bit which can take him on to that next level. But I mean, I think personally that Coleman's Col- 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 sort of resurgence might spare the right back for this summer. Mm. I think his sort of end of season form might give him another year. To be honest, and it might help Marcel Brandon Silva because they might think, well, actually. We it's don't need to prioritise right back this summer. We we can sort of start planning for that next summer. We'll just stick with Shane. You know, Seamus has done enough to, yeah. to well, warrant his place. Well, Coleman was saying, wasn't he, in an interview the other day? Um, I think it might even be with the Echo. He was saying, um, like, since the leg break, his stats are all up. 
like in terms of speed and blah blah blah. Like he's done, yeah, yeah. he's done a lot better after the leg break, you know, in terms of stats. So, you know, long may continue. You know, maybe you're all right there, kind of give it another year, and and you know, we save the money there for the time being. Well, it's hard because, you know, I think we spoke about the other week. You know, Silver and Brands over the last four months have been told they need to prioritise every position we've got on yeah, the pitch. Yeah. Because you know, at one point it was we need a better backup goalkeeper because Jordan Pickford's mm. standards have dropped. Yeah, yeah. We need a centre back if Zuma doesn't come in because Mina's Mina's a walking, basically a walking injury. We can't go with Jaggy Elke. Holgate's not good enough. We need a midfield, you know. So I think in some respects they, they probably they probably be sat there a little bit pleased that Coleman has sort of had a resurgence yeah. because I probably think oh well, that's one place that we're not gonna get criticised for if we don't, you know, don't bring in because Left back and right back have sort of settled down in recent mm. weeks. You know what? I was watching the Villa, the Villa West Brom game on Saturday afternoon. I genuinely forgot we had Mason, Mason Holgate. <laughs> genuinely <laughs> forgot about him. He plays right back for them, doesn't he? Yeah. All right sides and stuff. Right, they play three. Three at the back, yeah. Well, yeah, he's one that obviously can come in. Mm. Uh, that could potentially come in. And he's, had, he's obviously had a decent season, so yeah. um, there's no reason why he shouldn't. Okay, so uh, just to finish off, we'll, uh, we'll have a bit of fun with this one. Um, Jubilant scenes at Tottenham's ground um, from Everton fans. Um, not just because Zach Tosin scored. Yeah, not because. <laughs> well, yeah, because of the goals. You know what I mean? Walcott and Tosin. Um, obviously, you know it was emphasised by the fact that Manchester City have beaten Liverpool um, to the league. So, what did, what did you make of it? We just obviously laughing. You know, Liverpool didn't win the league, and Manchester City won. It. Some great videos from uh, from I, the, the I, stadium. I don't think I was laughing. I think it was just more relief yeah. than anything. I think. I've got to be careful here because from a professional point of view. <laughs> I don't need to be professional, I'll tell you exactly that. Right. From a professional point of view, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I write about Liverpool, so I've got, I've got to be a little bit careful here. But no, I think from an, being an Everton fan, it was relief more than anything. Because <laughs> I think last Monday, you kind of thought the world was crumbling on them because Vincent Company scored that worldie, which I know we were saying afterwards that he, he shoots all the time and training and stuff like that, but he is never ever going to do that ever again. No. There's no way you know he's ever going to left fly from 25 to 80 yards and put it in the top corner of the net like that. In, in, in such in that game as well with that, like you know it was tense. It was you know they knew he had to win. Yeah. He'd never do that again. And you, you thought the world was you know they would obviously face on Barcelona three 0 down. That City had done that to put themselves back in you know the destiny in their hands, and then after Tuesday. You kind of thought going into Sunday, anything could be possible. You know, you, you can't write it off just yet. And then when that goal goes in, when Glenn, Glenn Murray scores for Brighton, then 83 seconds, I think every Everton fan's heart sank to a, a new, you know, to a new level. I nearly cried. <laughs> I think a lot of Everton fans are sitting there thinking, it's going it's, surely not. Surely not. That's the world to end. Um, <laughs> but City showed the class. City showed bad by the champions yeah. City show by for me they're one of the best teams I've ever seen play I know people said they haven't done it in the Champions League and this that and the other but when you watch them play and you, you see them in full flow they are absolutely superb I mean I was impressed with them because of something back in February and we were poor and they weren't that great that night but they were so impressive because they ground three points out Mm. If, you know, it was a terrible game. We we set up to frustrate them. We were on a bad run. I think we'd be knocked off the FA Cup. We'd be beat by Southampton. So we knew we couldn't go toe to toe with them and have a go because we'd, we'd get mullers. But the way they just grounded out and he scored off a set piece and he scored at the end, didn't he? We didn't even lay a glove on them. I don't think we had a shot that night because he was just so good. They but just, but they they kept the it... ball and he just held us off at yeah. arm's length. And to, to amass 198 points over two seasons is it's incredible, nothing yeah. short of incredible and and to be fair one of their best players has been out injured most of this season as well and De Bruyne yeah. and, and Fernandinho as well you know the two the two players who really make them tick haven't been in the team well how pleasing was it for you that um, the last place Liverpool with the drop points was at Goodison Park as well see see I don't have to be professional here <laughs> <laughs> say what you want <laughs> say it don't know back they will listen they 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 call us bitter, they call us all sorts, right? But they're just as bothered about us as as we are them. If that was us in that position, they'd do exactly the same thing. So I've got no issues in gloating over this. It's like, you know, that they were, was it eight points clear? Well, just the day before they played City and, and, and they blew it. Mm. Uh, but then the last place that they dropped points was Goodison Park. Big McKean putting them tackles in, making sure Salah doesn't score. Pickford redeeming himself. Inject that into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I hate them. 
and them blowing that title. You know, they'll the mask it. Oh, we had a great season. You know, Jurgen Klopp's like he puts it. He puts it a. Uh, a happy face and everything, but there was no none of that booming to the crowd yesterday. Was there at the mm. end of a match? They were definitely, definitely gutted. Obviously, as you would be. I think it would be, wouldn't you? To 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 amass them more than what he thought it was going to. So yeah. a mask ninety-seven points to to lose one game all season to be top of Christmas again and not win a title to be you know to, to be in a position that he was to not win it will be gut wrenching, I imagine. And I think it probably would have been the false hope they got from. Brighton scoring mm. because for them 83 seconds they probably believed more than ever because you know I was at home and I'm sure you guys were thinking it's going to happen here this, yeah, this yeah. could happen you know what right the BAFTAs was on last night right next year when the BAFTAs was on I want that scene on match of the, match of the day <laughs> last night where you showed that Liverpool fan realising that City are getting beat and then to flick to when he realises that they've equalised that utter look of devastation oh just get Get me a mural of that outside Goodison. <laughs> I mean, there was literally a following the game from Good- like, from Goodison, the Mizad side, but there's literally no margin for error, was there? No, no, no. Because, you know, City drop, drop a point to Liverpool yeah. have won the league. You know I, I, mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even that, is it? I mean, this is what I go back to about, like, you know, 14 straight wins for City. Mm. You, you look at that week where they played with Spurs, United, Burnley. They just got beat in the Champions League. They've been knocked out the Champions League. And, and that week was a big week anyway, even before... <laughs> Regardless of what happened mm. in the Champions League, because that was the week where you thought, can you really amass nine points from them three games? Mm. You know, to play like a game, three days, another game, three days, another game, it's going to be hard. But yeah, they just ground it out. They, they won 1 0, 2 0, 1 0. Yeah. And they just ground it out. And I mean, you just knew Liverpool were going to win every single game as well. Yeah, yeah and, you know, even like the Leicester game, you know, they, they ground it out. I mean, you know, there, there's one moment for me that gets completely overlooked but it should never be overlooked from an Everton fan perspective is Ian Acho's miss oh I know because yeah. how he doesn't hit the target in that if that's Jamie Vardy that's a goal if how he doesn't hit the target in that position I'll never ever know I mean I've got a Mason Liverpool fan and he was texting me saying he's missed on purpose and I laughed at first but then the more I watched it the more I think he actually does miss on purpose <laughs> because it's, impo- like it's impossible for a, f- a sense of forward of yeah. th- the supposed calibre of the Premier League is to not hit the target from he there he, didn't, he cross, didn't he cost about 20 million for the last yeah. day or something like you know he, we were linked with him he, command, sure. he commanded a big fee and, and but what you just said there 14 straight wins that is incredible that is no one yet to win every game as well not because yet. Like, you, like you say you looked at Liverpool. Once Liverpool got past, was it Spurs and Chelsea? I think it was the Chelsea game. Three week yeah. period, wasn't it? You, you knew them, but like four or five games to go, you thought to yourself, they're going to win. They're going to win every game here because they didn't really have. It was like Huddersfield, wasn't it? Newcastle. Mm. You, you kind of thought they're going, they're going to have enough to get over the line here. City as well were always playing catch up, and psychologically to, to get over that yeah. again is incredible. Mm. You know, Liverpool were Liverpool just kept on winning, and. For City to play two or three days later, knowing that if we do slip up here, it's over. Uh, like you just said, they're the best team. One of the best teams I've ever seen play. They're absolutely incredible. From the but they can for a Pep Guardiola team, they can they can play. You know, absolutely amazing football. They've evolved or, so much. Yeah. Or I remember watching that Burnley game, and I remember. Uh, Pep Guardiola was telling them to get it into the corner. Imagine, no wonder Sean Dice loved that. That he's being told to, to mm. they, they were just grinding results out, and then they're bringing on John Stones to, to sit in holding midfield. Absolutely incredible. And goal line technology, that goal as well. A yeah. Goal line technology, you know, fine, mar- small margins. But I said, I said on Twitter, I ju- just after Christmas, after the City Liverpool game, it was I said the league will be won and lost at Goodison Park and Old Trafford. Liverpool failed to win at Old Trafford and Goodison Park. City beat them both. And, there, and there's the uh, there's the difference. I'll please die that it <clears throat> it was good as some park. just it, it just. I mean, it, it's 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 one of them, isn't it? Because it's not actually, technically it's not. You can't just. I think yeah. uh, the, the big one for me. The big one for me was when he failed to beat Leicester after City being beat at Newcastle. Mm. That on New it, just after Christmas. Yeah, just after Christmas. City being beat on the Tuesday, and Liverpool had the chance to go was it nine points clear, something like that. Points clear with a win against Leicester, and he drew. That was the one when I not come back now. That's the one where you yeah. think if these are beat Leicester there, hey, Klopp playing the weather for that one as well. It could have been. It was terrible yeah, weather that day. Playing the weather. No snow, wasn't it? it was really was it? Yeah, cold and. But it so was horrible. That, I think that was that was the the moment now where you think that them two days because City was being devastated sitting there, yeah, being beat by Newcastle, threw it away, but then probably would have got a little bit of hope on the fact thinking actually, you know what. Well, 
And you look at some of the players they're going to sign next year or they've been linked to. Mm. They're just... Uh, I mean, they're going to try and they want the Champions League now, then don't they? Next yeah. Year, next year, yeah. But I, I think now, though, I think one thing that you look at, like the, the City team and like company was saying it yesterday, they're obsessed with breaking records. Like they want to win the FA Cup. Like now, if if you any fan, you'd be going, oh, if they don't win the FA Cup, they don't win the FA Cup, do they? You look at yesterday, company was like, we need, we want to win the FA Cup. We want to be the first team to win a domestic treble. We want to be the first team to do it. Yeah, so, so now you're thinking, it's Guardiola sitting there now thinking, we want to be the first team to win three Premier League titles on the bounce because no one's ever done no it. No one's ever done it. No one's United ever done, done it. it. Mm. Have United done It'd it? Be since, yeah. since United. No one's won back to back since United. No, yeah. so United yeah. have won three in a row, Premier yeah. Leagues in a row. So, yeah. but you'd be sitting there thinking, Pep, obviously, they're thinking, we want, we want to win three now. Mm. We want to win the, the, the treble of them. Mm. You know, we want to win three. And, they, they set the benchmark, don't they? They are the benchmark. And you look at social media and, you know, people poking fun at us because we were posting videos with fans. But at the end of the day, it's a two-way thing. Listen, you, you give it out, you got to take it back. And there's been enough times this year where Liverpool fans have rubbed Everton's nose in it, family. Mm. So you, you give it out, you got to take it. And, you know, let's be honest, in three weeks' time, they could be celebrating a European Cup win. But I still think they'll be hurt by the, the fact they never won the Premier League because I think... That's what they want. That's their ultimate want, goal. Yeah. That's their ultimate goal. And don't ever let them say that they're any different to us because I saw on Twitter this morning there was a lad at Spurs yesterday with a Man City flag and some Liverpool fan was giving him loads over it saying, you know, this is what this is what you are. And perfect response, the lad had a photograph of a Liverpool fan <laughs> holding a Brighton shirt up at Anfield yesterday. <laughs> they're just the same as us. They're still... It's rivalry, isn't yeah, it? It's, 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 it's rivalry. rivalry, yeah. And, and they and do the same to us. They do the I exact think, same I to us. I think now, you know, it, it's rivalry in a modern era. You look, you know, we, we've all got social media accounts. We're all on Twitter. You know, I'm sure tonight when we all go home, any chance we get spare time, we refresh Twitter and look and see what's going on. It, it, that's what it is now. That through that, that mm-hmm. through from, from today's age, that's what it is. That mm-hmm. type of banter is almost called and, you know, rivalry exists because of social media. Because for instance, it's not like it was... 15 or 20 years ago where you had to go into work and see that same fellow when he was on the shift who wanted to give you loads or... It's everyone know, now, isn't it? That family member who's a Liverpool fan who you see at the old family do, you know, you think to yourself, oh, I don't want to, can't wait to see him, I'm going to give him loads or... Now, you know, you can go online tonight when we finish recording this and we can instantly start arguing with a Liverpool fan mm. over, over here because it's just so simple now, it's so easy and I just think, you know, it's a two-way thing, you give it out, you've got to be able to take it and, you know, Everton fans this year have suffered enough from, over the years pokes, in general. You know, that, yeah, yeah, from the pokes and the fun, and so when it doesn't, the shoes on the other foot, you've got to be prepared to take it, to take it back. And like I say, you know, it might only last three weeks all this because they could, you know, in my opinion, I think they will win the European Cup. I think they'll beat Spurs, and then we'll, we'll get in our faces. They'll be rubbing it in our faces, saying, exactly. "We've won how many European Cups? We've won six. You know, look at us." So I think you've got to treasure every moment you can have and you need to poke fun at your rivals because if you didn't, fo- no rivalry, fo- football would be boring, wouldn't it? Yeah. What's the point in being, you know, you know, in football for it to be boring? Have you got your spares, scarves and flags ready yet or I'm going to get my uh, we, <laughs> we were in. I was in a pub on him on Saturday afternoon and a barman had a, as a spit had a spare shirt on I was like <laughs> you, what, that, what an act of defiance that and, is and he was a cockney as well he wasn't just doing it because the brood he told him to he, act, he is actually a Spurs fan I was like go ahead. <laughs> I think... Have you ever, I mean, you sing a song Jesty, weren't we, down there, saying we're going to have a party when Tottenham win the cup. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were, they were jogging it in. I mean, they, 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 they'll they be made up with what's happened Spurs done. Because still Spurs be thinking, you know, how are they going to pick themselves up and go again? I know we don't want to turn into a Liverpool podcast, but from from a footballing perspective, Spurs be sitting there thinking, that, that's a good thing for us, that, because how's they pick themselves up after that and go again? Whereas Spurs, you know, they need to pick themselves up because they'd already secure top four. Yeah. Yes, he was a bit of a. It was the training game, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't. It wasn't anything major. Whereas, um, whereas now Liverpool had to win. Hope that results went up. Where else where they didn't? So now they'll be thinking, well, how are we going to react to that? You know, by all accounts as well, Liverpool didn't really play that well yesterday as well. You know, Wolves mm-hmm. Wolves took it to them, and someone on match day said, you know, Liverpool looking a little bit jaded here at the minute, and I, I, I think. Whilst they've ground ground out the results, I don't think Liverpool have been that great in the last the last few it, months. It's, it's the intensity, isn't it? I think, yeah. I think if if you look look at it, you know, Spurs had that bad patch, didn't they? Where they lost players through suspension, injury, and 
did the season kind of derailed and tailed off a little bit. And Pochettino looked like he lost his head, didn't he? He kept arguing with officials and mm, he, he, got, he got his band, didn't he? And he had to sit mm. in the stands and it kind of all went a bit wrong. But you look at Liverpool, they've been so intense since Christmas because they've, they've had to be, likewise City, have had to be mm. so intense that do, do you think, you know, the Champions League final, are they going to be a little bit jaded, a little bit, you know, on the knees a little bit because mm. it's been... Well, a long season take a toll where the Spurs haven't been. Spurs have been sitting there quite comfortable, really, for a lot, large part of the season. Fingers crossed, anyway. Fingers okay. crossed, yes, absolutely. Um, okay, I think that's a good place to finish it, to be fair. Um, Rob, thanks for coming on. Can't, Connor, thanks for coming on. Just let you know, listen out there, um, next week we're going to do the fan season review. So it's going to be a bit of a bumper show. We're going to ask the lads and hopefully they give us uh, answers to player of the season, young player of the season, goal of the season, moments of the season, etc. So a few things like that. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next Monday um, with that show. So thanks for listening to the View from Gala Street podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.